Jordan. Yeah. Who ventured into the wilderness to find themselves, accidentally stumbled upon a Blair Witch-esque nightmare, ended up bonding with the forest creeper over their shared love of Oreos, and now has a spooky BFF that they call every week for a cheeky catch-up. Christopher Lloyd? No. Two guys. One. Welcome to episode 56 of Two Guys What's Up, the weekly comedy podcast where I'm joined by my very own creepy forest BFF, Jordan. Jordan, how are you? <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to stop you right there. Oh, God. Because I'm going to ask you first, how are you? <laughs> because I hear that your nether regions has had a little bit of a snippity snip. My giblets have been trimmed. God. <laughs> <laughs> You've been castrated. Oh god, not that far. I don't think anyway. I'm, I'm too scared to look so far. But yes, uh, today is day one post vasectomy. <laughs> Maybe too much information for some people out there. You're not quite what you expected to hear when you tuned in today. But yeah, I'm a little bit delicate to say the least. Okay. Well, you say that by the way. But yep. some of the topics we speak about, vasectomy is absolutely really low on the <laughs> list of cringe that we've spoken about. Fair point. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I've just, I'm just, f-ing, I'm, I'm too scared to move is uh the the best way to put it i don't know how to go about my daily routine what all the winks. yeah <laughs> i've had to cut down from 100 a day to fucking zero cold turkey mate would you still technically get blue balls i mean they probably are right now to be fair anyway they're still there you know <laughs> they don't remove them jordan <laughs> Yeah, no, but I wonder if anything changes. Uh, I don't think so. Just the fact that children are no longer a result of unprotected intercourse. Oh, is that how it works? That's that's the main thing. Yeah, that's the goal. Oh, so all the people that were saying, you're the father to my son, mm-hmm. weren't just taking the mic. <laughs> no comment on that. <laughs> That is a joke, by the way. (laughs) I've never had sex. (laughs) But talk me through it. I know this is probably not something you want to think about, but what what actually happened? Well, uh, first of all, they put me in a waiting room. They told me the appointment was four, and they left me shivering my f***ing balls off. I could have done the job for them. For about half an hour. I went in about half past four. They sat me down, right? And this is the part that I didn't really want to know. They sat me down. They made me watch a video, which discussed the the procedure and what was going to happen. And they were telling me, and I won't go into too much detail in case anyone's squeamish or they just don't want to hear it but you know they, they told me exactly slice by fucking snip what was going to be happening and I was like I don't want to know I was like I know I'm going to be numbed right so just I'm not going to see it so just fucking do the numbing and then just do what you want right I don't want to know the ins and outs of it and there's a reason that I have been so petrified to do it really and that is because and I remember this so well and I've told everyone this story that I've been talking to about it oh, no. in year it was year 8 we did anatomy in science class and they told you about all the interlinking tubes and all that sort of stuff that is present in the scrotum and i remember from that point because my like ocd brain and like the way it decides to work for me is just so fucked up i just got like this fear that they were so delicate and they could be broken so easily right so i've always had this sort of like horrible fear you know like obviously every man has it you know keep your balls safe essentially but mine was like oh i don't want to damage those intricate delicate tubes right so you decided to book a vasectomy <laughs> it's my second child that has put me off <laughs> that is the sole reason <laughs> i do not want fair another enough. tank running around the house but they were talking about it and they were like oh yeah we're gonna you know do this and do that and i was just like sat there just like <laughs> 
gritting my teeth sweating you know like my, my fists clenched in fear and i was just like i don't want to know and um yeah essentially they were talking me through it as they were doing it okay and i was like please i was like don't tell me please just get it over and done with it's a 15 minute procedure right so you're in and out but for the entirety of the time they told me to put my hands clasped together on my chest so i was like that laid on the table and i was staring to my left at a light like a strip light on the ceiling just focusing on that like looking at the stains or <laughs> at first sorry i thought you meant you were like staring at this spiritual light oh no no like i was almost dead <laughs> i saw a light <laughs> no it didn't quite go that far your balls did <laughs> yeah they're gone <laughs> but the doctor was you know talking to me and he was having a laugh and the other medical professionals in the room there was two other people and they were just chatting to me they're like oh what are you doing tonight when you go home you're gonna have a few beers you're gonna chill out you know make sure you relax <laughs> oh what's your kids like you know what what job do you do and i was like i could talk perfectly so I was like, it was as if I was having a normal conversation, but inside I was just tense from head to toe, right? right? And my interlinked fingers were just like pulling against the knuckles and I was just like shivering <laughs> and I was just staring at, I wasn't even looking at them like, so they were talking to me, but I was looking off to like the complete opposite direction they were stood and they were like, oh, so what do you do as a job? I was like, oh, you know, you know, this and that, just like <laughs> scared as f***, like as if I'm trying to placate a, a robber or something, you know, like this guy's got a gun on me. It's like, right, I'm going to kill you if you don't give me your money. As I'm empty my wallet, he's like, so? what do you do in your spare time you know? <laughs> like, oh, you know this and that like like f-ing terrified so yeah they did the job i got off the table they were like are you a bit wary you all right your, your head spinning or out you're good any dizziness i was like no nope, more good so i went and sat down they gave me some biscuits and some juice which was lovely oh it's worth it then <laughs> my wife she probably won't like me saying this oh, but they were like make sure you've got some paracetamol and ibuprofen okay i was like yeah okay fair enough they're like don't wait until the numbing agent wears off just start taking it because you want to get ahead of the pain I was like, okay, fair enough. I was like, don't worry about it. My wife has nipped out because she came with me. So I said, she's just nipped out to Morrison's. She's going to have a little look around and she's picking me up some paracetamol and ibuprofen. But because it was a Saturday, the day of the appointment, the surgery was actually closed to the public. So it's just appointments. So when I was finished and I'd, I'd gotten my clothes back on, I picked up my phone and looked at it and my wife had texted me three times. One saying, on my way back from Morrison's, second one said, can you open the door, please? I really need to go for a wee. And the third one said, oh, f***, I forgot to get you paracetamol and ibuprofen. <laughs> I was like, for sake, the one job you had. Like, you've driven all this way with me to be here while I'm doing this. And you were like, I'll go to Morrison's and get you some pain medication. Oh, and that's no. the one thing she f***ing forgot. So what did she do? She was buying clothes for our eldest because he's grown again. So he's five and now in 10-year-old clothing. So <laughs> yeah. she went off and she got. I think she got a little bit trigger-happy with chucking clothes in the basket that she just, uh, it slipped her mind. Right. But it's fine. I mean, we're, we're literally a two-minute walk. So we uh, drove back down and uh, went and got some paracetamol and that. So it was all good. good. But I mean, to be honest, I didn't actually even really feel like I needed it because I didn't feel any pain and I haven't felt any pain yet so it's all good oh good you know what mm-hmm. as you were saying that when they were asking you so what are you doing tonight and you're like I'm gonna browse Pornhub <laughs> <laughs> Well, like, I looked online, and I was like, like, what should I do? Because, like, afterwards, I was like, shit, what if I need to cough? What if I need to sneeze? Right. You know, what if I need to go to the toilet or something? Like, how do I do all these things? I forgot to ask them, because, like, you know, my my mind was just elsewhere. Of course. Like, I was Googling all this stuff, and in amongst all the information I was getting, it said, alcohol. 
and like I wasn't planning on drinking at all anyway because I didn't want to risk damaging anything but in the operation they were like oh you're gonna go home and have a few beers tonight but then in the information online it said do not drink for a week it can thin your blood you can bleed out and die oh god <laughs> well, maybe not to that extent but you know it's like don't drink it can thin the blood and cause bleeds so I was just like well I'm kind of glad I didn't take the doctor's advice and come home <laughs> for a nice crispy few pints tonight oh, crispy pints yeah <laughs> Crisp, okay. lovely, oh, right. crisp okay. and lovely, crispy. Okay, cool and crisp. Cool, no, crisp and lovely, crispy. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's not how you describe it on drinks menus. Yeah, I think if anyone took my advice on drinks menus, no one would ever make a sale, so... <laughs> yeah, let's not ever open a bar. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Well, for one thing, unless you're having another vasectomy for some reason it didn't work, all the profits would be gone. Absolutely not. Never having another one at all. <laughs> if, if this one fails, I'm just going to get the garden shears and just chop the whole lot off. <laughs> While you have a few beers. Yeah, have a few crispy beers to get me in the mood. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Well, I feel for you, but probably not as much as you are. Yeah, thank you very much. Feel free to come around and give him a kiss better if you like. <laughs> but you never ask. Knock at the door. <laughs> Wait outside your house all evening. As long as otherwise you're okay, that's the main thing. So far as I'm aware. Good. I don't know what will hurt for you worse, the procedure, or not drinking for a week. <laughs> all a close call, mate. It's, it's a big, it's a f***ing tie. This would have been a would-you-rather question. Yeah. <laughs> I'm stumped. But to be honest, I think I said to you yesterday, like, physically, the feeling of it was absolutely fine. Couldn't feel a thing. And I haven't felt a thing. Okay. But mentally, it was draining. Like, the pain I put myself through internally, thinking about it, was worse than actually having it done. Yeah, I can understand that, because that's a sensitive little area, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. But uh, well done for doing it. Thank you very much. You know, I just need to put a few nights sleep between then and now, let it heal, and hopefully I'll be all good. Excellent. Okay. Well, all the best for your recovery. Thank you, sir. So, yeah, you good? Uh, yeah. I'm fine, yeah, no vasectomy for me, I'm all good. <laughs> you still to have kids, mate. I'll make it up for you. In two child's time, you will be like, give me that f***ing vasectomy number, mate. Oh no. Oh yeah. Oh dear. Okay. If your children are anything like my tank, my youngest, then you will, yeah, you'll be, you'll be like, yeah, f- it, I, I don't even need the number, mate. That requires a waiting list, just give me the garden shears. Oh god. You know what you've just reminded me of, by the way, that I meant to bring up to you? Oh yeah. Completely separate topic. Hang on, let me just find it. Actually, why you're finding that i'm gonna tell you something that you just reminded me that i want to bring up for you oh go on then you remember last week when you did fess hall part two and i said i was gonna find out how long ago it was that you did part one. Oh yeah today so the release of this is actually 52 weeks since the release of part one so you did fess hall part two 51 weeks after the original oh so close i knew so it would close. have been close yeah you should have left it that one year and then it would have been perfect i would have been able to rejoice in how amazing it was oh you mean one week yeah what did i say <laughs> If I left it another year, Ian, it would have been two. Is that what I said? Yeah. Oh, man. I've just had surgery, all right? Leave me alone. <laughs> 24 hours ago, Ian. Man up. <laughs> F*** off, mate. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm less man now than I was yesterday. <laughs> Does that mean technically also you produce less testosterone? No, no. The, 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 oh. the part that was severed was purely the seminal tract. Right, okay. Wait, sorry, on another topic. So, yes. you've just mentioned about your son, and I'm really sorry, this is a long introduction, but I just want to ask it. Okay. When my wife came to babysit your son... Yeah, the youngest, yep. She said to me... I've written this in my phone to remind myself, so I'm just going to read it to you. Okay. My wife was babysitting at yours. You said to your wife, how do you know when soup is cooked? Did I? <laughs> yeah! 
because my wife ended up telling me and it just reminded me of that car insurance meme like mom oh god yeah <laughs> how do i know when soup is cooked <laughs> Have you have you since found out? I, I know when soup is cooked. Like, why would I ask that? She must have misheard me. I think you were warming up some soup, and you asked your wife, Wife, how do I know when soup is cooked? <laughs> Don't ring a bell. Okay, well, Surely I must have... I must have been joking, because that is like... <laughs> I mean, I can't cook, but that is that is another level. Well, I just wanted to bring it up to you because I completely forgot weeks ago. Okay, right, fair enough. And it's just reminded me. Thanks for reminding me of that. <laughs> so, alas, you know how to uh, warm up soup. I do know how to warm Yeah, I've been doing that. It's like one of the only things I can do is warm soup because it's literally in a bowl, heat it till it's warm, boil it. Don't boil it. That takes away the flavour. <laughs> Don't boil it because then it will evaporate. <laughs> You'll just be left with just an empty pan. Just an empty pan of burnt tomato shit. Sounds appetising. Yeah, definitely let's not open a restaurant either. Yeah, I love these episodes. Can we just go through and, and tick off a list of things that we can't do together? <laughs> let's add have children to the list. <laughs> Half of us can't. <laughs> no, I meant specifically you and I. Yes, yeah. Anyway, Jordan, so what have you got coming up for us today? <laughs> Well, it's been a bit of a thing for a while that, shall I say, I'm a member of the grammar police. Yes, you f***ing are. <laughs> to the point where if I'm browsing social media <laughs> and I see things either worded really poorly or spelt badly, it, it I mean, it actually begins to infuriate me. Jordan goes Hulk mode. <laughs> I, I think I've got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so I've compiled a list of things that really just do my head in. <laughs> Wouldn't it be hilarious if, like, there's no one out there to correct you and you are actually just really bad at it and you're just, like, going around correcting everyone that is actually really good at it? Like, what? Since when the hell have you spelt you with Y-O-U? It's clearly just a letter U, idiot. (laughs) Wait, hang wait, what? We'll get get there when we get there, right? So, yes, that's what I'll be doing is almost a therapy session. Fantastic. I cannot wait to hear it. (laughs) And what have you got for us today? Well, today, Jordan, as I have mentioned it a fair amount of times in the year plus that we have been releasing this attempt at a podcast into the world, (laughs) I am going to be telling you a couple of stories about the book Communion, the book that Whitley Strieber released about him and his family's encounters with those all too familiar fear-inducing grey alien whackers. Ah, yeah, the book you love that artwork of. Yeah, I love that people just show me, you know, like a random points in the day and just make me just curl into a useless ball yeah i don't know who what kind of people would do that to you but jesus it's obviously payback for me putting a comma somewhere wrong in a sentence <laughs> no comment so, Whitley Strieber is an American author, born on June 13th, 1945, renowned for his works in horror, science fiction, and speculative fiction. He gained widespread recognition for the 1987 book that I'm going to be discussing today, Communion. But Strieber has also authored numerous novels of non-fiction books, exploring themes of the paranormal and the unknown. So with that, let's get into this horrifying shit. So, Strieber starts his story on December 26th, 1985. He tells us of the log cabin that he owns with his wife, Anne, in upstate New York. The cabin is in a very secluded area, and is where they spend most of their time, and where he likes to do most of his writing due to its solitude. But it is in this very cabin where the whole world of f- 
laptop alien shit would soon start to upturn their lives. So the family spent Christmas of 1985 in the cabin. It was all Christmassy with snow and cosy log fires. They were all having lovely family festive fun. It came to bedtime and off their son went. Whitley and Anne stayed up with a glass of wine and a book but soon decided to retire themselves. Sounds lovely though. It does. It sounds very peaceful but has completely put me off ever going to a cabin ever. See, I really fancy that. Yeah, well just you f***ing wait mate because this is about to get sh- terrifying all right so also let's not ever become airbnbers okay yeah cross that off the list <laughs> i do have a big list here of things that we could possibly do as ventures you know together is it just getting forever smaller now it is it literally is just one left at the bottom it's called podcasters okay and we've already done that so i think we should probably stop that as well <laughs> yeah all right scribble off the list <laughs> bye guys <laughs> Streber says here that he had developed a strange habit the previous winter, that before bed, he'd set the burglar alarm in the cabin and then proceed to check every cupboard, nook, cranny and dark corner for potential intruders before heading up to the land of Nod. He didn't quite know why he did this nightly routine, but it became his new norm. But by 10pm, it was done, everyone was in bed and the house was deadly silent. Just a couple hours later though, he was awoken to a whooshing sound in the living room, like a group of people were all moving around very quickly. He sat up, looked at his burglar alarm system by his side of his bed, no doors or windows showed open, it all worked, showed that the alarm was armed, and had recorded no disturbances. But there was a distinct sound of movement downstairs, like the scuffling of feet. And at this, Jordan, he went, okay, cool, and settled back into bed. But as he was, you know, sorting his blanket, rearranging his pillow, his sight happened upon his bedroom door, and he noticed that it was slowly moving closed. He sat up, confused, thinking just what the absolute f*** could be causing the door to move, and then he saw it. He called it a compact figure, so I think we all know where this is going. It was slowly edging its way around the door to look in at him. It was Santa. It unfortunately was f***ing not Santa. It was a three and a half foot f***ing grey alien. In a Santa costume. (laughs) Can you imagine? Like... (laughs) What would you think in that situation? Would you think, holy shit, an alien wearing a Santa costume? Or would you think, holy shit, Santa is an alien? Oh, yeah. Or, holy shit, this has been a bad year for Santa. <laughs> He's had to get in his alien minions to help out. <laughs> All the elves, they quit. <laughs> they unionized, they got out there. They were like, we're not working for f***ing candy canes anymore, mate. Yeah. And they had to get in their alien pals. Too right, to be fair. Yes, fair enough. I wouldn't work for candy canes. I would have done, you know, when I was five, but not now. <laughs> So this grey was staring in at him, and delightfully, it didn't just stare at him, it rushed around the corner, into the room, and toward him. He said due to the snow and the light from the burglar alarm, he could see clearly, and this bastard had what seemed to be two black holes for eyes, a downturned slit for a mouth, which as it came closer, opened into an O shape. It was wearing what seemed to be some kind of armour over its chest and waist, and he continued to sit there, as if he didn't really believe what was happening, or surely he must just simply have been dreaming. And after that, nothing. Total blackness. But this experience, unfortunately, does not end there. So what do you think so far, John? I think Santa's really missed out on his mince pies this year. Well, he's sending in his army to kill everyone. Well, that or he just looks so gaunt and drawn. Oh, possibly right. (laughs) (laughs) He needs a few more mince pies for sod. First of all, Mrs. Claus put him on a diet. Then he's not getting his mince pies as he's going around the houses. And he's just turned into this, like, creepy, spooky-looking alien sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the only explanation, really. Well, I mean, we did make up the fact that he was wearing a Santa costume. Or you did, to be more specific. Um, I, well, I, ju- I said it was an alien, mate. But did Whitley Streber ever say that he wasn't? He didn't say that he didn't not. Proof, if there ever was. Well, f*** me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be round in five. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, Billy did not say that he was wearing a Santa costume, but what he did say was his next memory was being in motion, being moved somewhere, naked, starfish positioned, no sense of his body could be felt, but it was like he was paralysed and being floated out of his bedroom. The poor bugger was in fact being abducted. In between blackouts, he remembers creatures all around him, being moved outside, seeing the treetops as they spiral further away from him, being taken into rooms aboard what we can only presume was a craft, and ultimately being shown a hair-thin needle that was casually explained to him was going to be inserted into his brain. He was of course super terrified, thinking of how his family would wake up the next day, find him brain damaged or just an unresponsive husk, and this Jordan is where things get weird. He said he doesn't remember screaming at the thought of this needle being shoved into his head, but apparently he was because one of the aliens, who he says was female, said in a rather flat robotic tone, What can we do to stop you screaming? And his reply was, Let me smell you. (laughs) Yep, that was my reaction as well, Jordan. That is pretty odd to say the least. My request would have been, Drop me off back home and kindly f*** off, please. Yeah. But apparently... The alien said, and I quote, Oh, okay, I can do that. Seems strange, but Strieber says the reason that he did this was to give him an anchor to reality. Smelling them, something you wouldn't be able to do in a dream, made him feel at ease. Very kindly, the female alien grabbed the back of his head and shoved her other hand in front of his face, and for whatever reason, he reports, they slightly smell like cardboard. So now, as a natural progression of things, I'm terrified of cardboard. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) It's a real shame that you work as a packer. (laughs) Every time I get an Amazon delivery, I'm like, ah! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. What a strange thing to ask. Yeah, I think that was just the first thing that came to his mind. Or maybe he was just being manipulated by the f***ing hair-thin needle. Possibly. But with a quick flash and a bang, the needle was done, but it was unfortunately about to get a whole lot worse. He says he saw four different types of alien creatures while on board. Some stocky buggers with almost human faces, a robotic-type thing, some tall slender greys and the fourth isn't really described but he says that the stocky ones were always present and at one point the stocky little spread his legs open produced a large grey scaly object with a load of wires hanging out the end of it it was at least a foot long triangular in shape and yes Jordan they shoved this thing up this poor man's butthole he said it swarmed into his body and took whatever samples it intended to but the thought that he was being violated made him feel so angry and rightly f- so yeah that's awful grim in it i mean just the description of it is an awful thought like this triangular shaped foot-long dildo yeah wiry wiry that's weird grim do you think the wires are like a way of measuring something then i couldn't tell you to be honest it might just be taking samples of you know like i don't know like stomach acid fecal matter things like that going in god doing its scrapes getting cells maybe i don't know couldn't tell you not an alien a few more procedures were then conducted and finally he was returned to his bed The next morning he woke up as normal, couldn't really remember what had happened the night before, but he had the very distinct memory of seeing a barn owl that seemed to be staring at him through his window at some point during the night. He looked outside, eager to gain a clue of the night's event, but saw no owl tracks, but was so desperate to believe that the owl creeping in on him was the only thing that happened that he allowed himself to. But this is a screen memory, I think, which is a common tactic of the grey dickheads that they use to cover up UFO sightings and the misdeeds of the abducting grey (laughs) cockbags. Um, So you mean that they put in like a false memory? Yeah, so they stick something in your head to make you think something else. So, for example, they could 
make you think that you were walking to the kitchen when in fact you were walking outside into their craft. Right. So they actually stick two things in your head, don't they? A false memory and a hair-thin needle. Uh, well spotted, Jordan. Thank you. That's uh, one mark against you for working for the Greys. <laughs> Foiled. The initial encounter did begin to take toll on his life, though. In the following weeks, he became irritable, easily confused, short-tempered, all because deep down he knew this confusing memory of the owl was not real. But later on January the 3rd, things again got worse. He was aching everywhere from the procedures, his finger got infected from something the alien sh** munchers had done to it, and without warning, a pain exploded behind his right ear. Fleeting memories would come and go in a flash, just absolutely destroying this poor guy, causing him to live a nightmare. He said it was like his mind was falling apart. And that, Jordan, is f***ing story one. That took me to page 30 of 297, that did. (laughs) Okay, but the the remaining 260-odd actually just ended up being a about what he wears and the cereal he ate. It was just about the Christmas dinner the next day. Just describing everything from the turkey to the mash. I, well, that would be a very late Christmas dinner if it was January the 3rd. <laughs> hey, he's, just, he's just recounting. How does he know that it wasn't a fake memory like the owl? F-ing good point. That's another mark against you for working for the Greys. <laughs> If you get to eight, mate, I'm going to have to report you to the Men in Black. It's all right. They work for me. Do they? They work for you. You're the head Men in Black, are you? I am. That's another mark against you for working for the aliens. (laughs) Three so far, Jordan. I don't know what you mean. So anyway, onwards and upwards, or rather, not at all. But in the next chapter, ominously entitled October 4th, 1985, sees our pal Whitley back at the cabin, despite the prior event. But this time, it seems that he'd learned his lesson a bit, as he brought some company in the form of two friends, another couple, a man and a woman named Jacques Sanduleska and Anne Gottlieb, and he points out in the book that Jacques is essentially built like a brick house. 300 pounds, black belt in karate, does 100 push-ups with his hands tied behind his knees. (laughs) Which seems like the perfect pal to bring along if you ever want to periodically be fighting off some little cut greys. But back to the night of October 4th. The four went out for a meal and returned back to the cabin around 9pm. They were all tired after having just a singular glass of wine each. They retired to bed and they all quickly fell asleep. But again, around midnight, Whitley woke up and from his bedroom saw an ominous blue light being cast around the living room. But... This should not have been possible because the living room did not face the road, his neighbours were away in another country, and as I stated before, they were in the middle of absolutely f***ing nowhere. But this bright blue fluorescent light was shining in through the window and slowly and creepily moving its way around his house, up the stairs, along walls and back down again, almost sentient. Whitley's first thought was that the chimney was on fire, so naturally, again... He fell straight back to sleep. Right, I've spotted a, a real problem of his. Yeah, a, a really sh- trend. Yeah. Like, oh my god, an issue! <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's how he just deals with issues in his life. Yeah, I'll better just have a little nap, mate. I'll be fine in the morning. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, bank account's empty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sh- my wife's left me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she says I keep falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She says, every time she tries to talk to me about a marital problems, I just have a little nap. <laughs> a while later, around 4.30am, he was awoken by a massive bang, something akin to a firework being set off right next to his face. 
He woke up to his wife in distress, shouting because their son was downstairs in his bedroom, crying out in terror. When Whitley finally got his bearings, he looked around to see that the ominous blue glow had now completely surrounded his house. He thought that the fire had worsened, and he cursed himself for falling back to sleep. Then he jumped up, told his wife to get outside, that he would go and get their son, but as he was running downstairs to get him, the glow suddenly vanished, like somebody had flicked off a light switch. He was again stood in complete darkness. So, confused, he carried on to go calm his son, but came face to face with Jacques. Whitley said there was nothing wrong, and he suggested that he go back to bed. He comforted his son and returned back to bed himself. Everything was seemingly back to normal. But, wouldn't you f- know it, the next day, little to nothing was said about the bright light, and it was almost as if everyone had just forgotten that anything had even gone on. Or at the very least, they didn't want to talk about it. But a week later, Whitley said that he had a bizarre, startling, sudden memory that came out of the blue regarding a tall, crystalline UFO, hundreds of feet long, standing on end above the cabin, but that was quickly dismissed as the memory seemed ridiculous. But scarily, it stirred something in him which prompted him to ask his son, Do you remember the last time Jacques and Anne came to the country with us? He replied, Yeah, the night of the bang. A bunch of people told me it was okay. You just threw your shoe at a fly. Whitley replied, What people? And his son just said, A bunch of people, you know, who were around. Whitley was obviously freaked out and called one of his friends, Bud Hopkins, who was a fantastic paranormal and UFO researcher, who suggested that when talking to his son about it again, he should maybe try phrasing it as asking his son about his dreams instead of memories. So that is what Whitley did. Whitley asked his son if he remembered any unusual dreams, and his son replied almost instantly, I dreamt that a bunch of little doctors came and took me out onto the porch. They put me in a cot. I got scared, and they started saying, we won't hurt you, over and over again in my head. Whitley knew something was not right and needed to get to the bottom of it. But I'm going to leave that there for two reasons. One, most of the rest of the book is hypnosis transcripts, which just wouldn't translate very well in podcast form. And number two, by this time, I was too terrified to even move out of my spot on the sofa and venture to my bedroom. But Whitley does go to Bud Hopkins for hypnosis. He gets more of the story and there are some more encounters. So I definitely recommend picking up communion if you're terrified of aliens, just like I am. Yeah, and maybe don't read it in such a dark room like Ian does. Yeah, maybe don't wait until midnight to start reading through it if you're any kind of sensible human, unlike myself. Especially when your son, like a tank, <laughs> decides to walk around and startle you. Yeah, just decide to get up and start <laughs> walking around his bedroom at 3am. <laughs> but was it your son? At the moment, I couldn't tell you because I can't even pick him up. So um, it's on my wife to go and deal with whatever creatures are lurking. I mean, that might be better, to be fair. That is absolutely better, yeah. For you. <laughs> All I need to do is walk through the hallway to make sure there's no ghosts and then she can go into the room and fend off the aliens. We're a perfect couple. Ex- yeah, there you go. Yin and yang. But yeah, that is uh, the, the end of my retelling of Communion. Very good book and it is very f- terrifying and i had to stop myself from seeing the cover at all costs because like i said i was downstairs at like midnight reading through this book and the tales aren't just oh i was abducted and taken to a craft you know it tells you some to me some real scary shit like there's some horrible details in there so i had to at least stop myself from seeing the face on the front and i did i did a good job i can't remember what did i text you when you told me that you were reading it i think it was something along the lines of if you catch it and you see it, it will manifest in your living room. That was it, yeah. Yeah, cheers for that, pal. <laughs> yeah, I think I said, make sure you don't drop the book, because if you see the front cover, it will manifest. That's the one, yeah. <laughs> Applications are open for a new co-host. I'm such a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> I do apologise. I'm sorry, mate. Did it manifest, though? Yeah, it did. He's actually a really cool guy. Oh, that's good. He's called... We played backgammon. <laughs> All's well that ends well. They don't smell like cardboard. Like damp cardboard. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> smells like a rough night of passionate sex. 
<laughs> does it? What does that yeah. smell like, Ian? I couldn't tell you, mate. Never had it. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Anyway, time is ticking on and my wife wants to go to bed because she's at work early tomorrow, so you need to tell me some stuff. Okay, so I've called this grammar police and bad phrases. Smash him. A grammar fanatic, punctuation enthusiast, language perfectionist, whatever you want to call it. I have to admit, there are things that if I'm browsing, particularly social media, I can spot certain sentences that are said and it just riles me up more than it should. And I must admit, there are some phrases in particular that just give me an aneurysm. Or nearly, I think. So, for example, when people say, could care less. Oh, yeah, that annoys me. Yeah, yeah. to be honest, I don't really want to say this in a nasty way, but I think that's more of an Americanism. Yeah, no, yeah, I think so. I was watching a TikTok the other day, and there was a guy that talks about grammar and things, and definitions, and, you know, language in general. And the question was, is it all of a sudden, or all of the sudden? And I was like, Surely that's obvious. It is. All of a sudden. Yeah, but apparently, uh, like you say, it is an Americanism sort of thing to say when they say all of the sudden. Really? Yeah. I don't think I've heard that. If I ever come across it again, I will send you it. Please don't, because I'll have a headache. (laughs) That's my plan, (laughs) you alien Okay. (laughs) That's my kryptonite. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I don't hear could care less, really, by British people, to be fair. Well, if you say you could care less, that's surely saying that... It's the opposite of what you're intending, isn't it? Yes, you know, someone that you don't like says, oh, my foot hurts, you go, I couldn't care less. Like you're saying, it is physically impossible for me to care less about your sore foot than I do right now. But if you say I could care less, that implies you care a bit. Exactly. Couldn't is could not care less. Which is, I think, where most people are trying to use that phrase. Mm -hmm. But of course, if, as you say, if they're saying could care less, it means that they actually could care. Or there's a level of care there. Yeah. So, okay, so that's getting started. Off to a good start. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. When people get then and than mixed up, so like, he is bigger than me. Oh, right. Or, I will call you no later than 7pm. Right. That annoys the shit out of me. Just f***ing say than. Say it properly (laughs) and it will be fine. I can honestly say I've never known anyone to mix those two up. Have you not? It happens occasionally. And thankfully, not much of a common occurrence, and that's good. Otherwise you'd be dead. I I think I probably would. Jordan would be no more. I think you'd be talking to a ghost right now. (laughs) Maybe I am. (laughs) Maybe you are. (laughs) Or even mixing up words like are and our. And I think this could be a bit of a northern dialect thing, particularly in the UK. Right. Um, Yeah. But it (laughs) infuriates me to no end, especially when I also see it written down. Yeah. So... (laughs) For example, I saw a picture of a vehicle, it was a car, and it said on it, this is our year. I saw a sign, I think I've got a picture of it on my Facebook, I'm going to send you it very shortly, (laughs) just to complete the aneurysm for your evening going through all these. Okay. (laughs) I was in a pub, the sentence was something along the lines of, if you can't pay cash, don't use this till, or something like that. Right. But they spelt can't, C-A-R-N-T, and that was in Barnsley. Oh, that's awful. But that, again, I think that comes from a bit of a dialect regional thing. Yeah. But then you also have homophones, which are words that sound exactly the same, but have different meanings. Mm. So it also riles me up, especially over social media, as I say, when you see your versus your, you know, with an apostrophe. Yeah. Or there, as in over there, there, as in their computer, or there, as in they are coming over later. It just feels like it's... 
so easy, but it seems so hard. <laughs> that was a big thing online, wasn't it? Like, people who can't tell the difference between there, there, and there. Yes. And I, I'm just aware that I feel like I could be coming across as taking the mick out of those people, and I'm not. It just riles me up to no end. And I don't know why. That's obviously a problem within me. <laughs> you know, this isn't about you. This is me. <laughs> yeah, this is a Jordan thing. Don't worry, everyone. It really is. And also the use of the word of instead of have. So, should of instead of should have. Uh, would of. Could of. Like, f***ing gonna burst. <laughs> oh, what's another one? Uh, when people also write a lot as one word. It's two separate words. A lot. I will be honest with you, I didn't actually know that wasn't one word. Oh, no. Until autocorrect, autocorrected it for me. Oh, really? Sounds like one word. So does aura. Yep, well, that's how I spell that too. <laughs> Come on, Jordan, you get text from me all the time, mate. You know this. <laughs> um, another one that's like that is the word no one. Again, when it's written as one word, that is wrong. Right. The same with thank you. I see this so often. They're two separate words. Don't you dare write them as one word. Oh, Jordan will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for the love of God, do not hyphenate them. Thank you with a hyphen. <laughs> F- Fucking hell. <laughs> Can't say I've ever seen that one, but I, I feel where you're coming from. Occasionally it happens, and it just... Uh, oh, a part of me dies inside, and I think it's part of the nervous system at that point. I think that's why Jordan's only going to live until he's 35. <laughs> he needs to stop reading. I think he could be right. <laughs> or when people confuse lose and loose, or loser and looser... And, of course, don't realise that they are two very different things. And do not get me started on it's versus it's with an apostrophe. I don't know this one. Go on, enlighten me. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. (laughs) You know, like when people will omit an apostrophe when they write it's. Right. Or sometimes will add one in and it's just not necessary. And it feels like it's that missing part of it's with an apostrophe. So IT apostrophe S. Yeah, which means it is. Exactly. And so if it doesn't make sense as the sentence, if you're replacing that for it is, then don't use an apostrophe. Do you know one that always gets me? Go on. Is cloths and clothes. Okay, yeah, that's a similar one, yeah. One has an E and one doesn't. You're absolutely right, yeah. F***ing gets me every time. I think I wrote it in a comment once on Facebook under someone who's like, oh, oh, what's going on with the clothes? And I accidentally wrote cloths and everyone was like, oh, f*** you. Oh, what's going on with the cloths? I was like, yeah, yeah, good one. <laughs> was it me? No, luckily it wasn't you, no. <laughs> I, I blocked you a long time ago so that you can't see these okay. faux pas. <laughs> Fair enough. And also, before I give myself a heart attack, I'll leave you with a couple of real examples. Easy mistakes to make, but also, like I said, it is just so easy to rectify, especially when some of these examples are made by professional establishments. Okay. So, incorrect spellings, a bit of an obvious issue. A work training day with free hot tea and coffee dispensers had a sign of what should have been sweet Tea, but it was written as sweat tea. Yeah. I think I'll pass. <laughs> I mean, it's recycling. That's a good thing, I guess. Oh, oh yeah. Were well, they just trying to write sweaty? <laughs> sweat tea. Yeah, so they accidentally misspelled sweaty. They put T E A instead of T Y. Yeah, and they just stuck it on the dispenser. Yeah, like, don't, don't stand near this. It'll make you sweaty. <laughs> good observation. You're right. <laughs> I am smart. <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant. Another one was a notice in a toilet cubicle that read, No smoking allowed. Seems fine, Mm -hmm. except they spell it as if no smoking out loud. Like a L-O-U-D instead 
of a double L O W E D. Yeah, exactly. Right, nice one. Yeah. So I'm just testing myself here. <laughs> so it's almost like, okay, I'll just go smoke quietly then. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> Another one. Simply missed commas or punctuation of any kind. Like, don't you just hate it when you get people on social media who write without a comma or a full stop, so it seems like they keep going on and on without any sense of natural pause, as if you're reading it, it feels like you're sure you're losing breath because it flows from one <laughs> sentence to the breathe. next. Breathe, Jordan, breathe. <sighs> I don't it feels like that. <laughs> So, uh, I'll give you a couple of final examples of missed commas. Okay. Which I think is uh, is one of the biggest mistakes. It's the classic, can we eat grandma? Or, can we eat grandma? Kind of joke. Uh, another example was a sign near a self-service buffet, which had hot lamps. <laughs> and it says, caution, hot children, ten and under, need adult supervision. <laughs> That's where a comma would have been very much welcomed. Or an exclamation mark, or... (laughs) Yes, just something to break that up. A full stop, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) F***ing hell. Another one. (laughs) Uh, Where a comma was definitely needed. Unable to eat diarrhoea. Yep. Or at least a full stop. Yeah, full stop. (laughs) Just break that up a little bit. Because I think that's a a fairly obvious statement. I don't think anyone's really able to eat diarrhoea. No, that would not be pleasant. It'd be sloppy. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit soupy as it is, isn't it? Yeah, I couldn't eat it because I wouldn't even know how to f***ing cook it, apparently. (laughs) I just have to eat it raw. It's fine, you can cook it, you just apparently didn't know when it was ready. I'll boil it off and, and, and take all the moisture out and just be left with like, butt paste. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> Nutty. Oh, that's awful. I'll leave you with a couple more. These last two, they're admittedly not quite a grammar issue, but maybe a rather poorly worded question or statement. Oh. Okay. So, maybe worse because there is no accent or emotion involved with text, as we know. Yes. And it's a simple sign that reads, Tables are for eating customers only. (laughs) As if it's some sort of hungry table (laughs) that enjoys consuming humans. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, don't try and feed it what's his, it's for eating customers only. (laughs) Exactly. Is that an egg sandwich in your hand? Don't feed that to my tables. (laughs) They're for customers only. (laughs) Yeah. And then finally, my favourite one, and it's from a Facebook post that went viral, along with a reply. And it reads, Is there any air fryer that can handle a family of eight? <laughs> and someone replies, Take it easy, Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> So, there you go. I mean, I could go on for much longer apostrophes or, you know, apostrophes for plurals that are sat in the wrong place within a word, or ellipses as well, you know, the the three yep, dots. naturally. Let's just let's completely redo grammar. So everyone's correct, the end. Will that make you feel better, Jordan? If we just say everyone's <laughs> correct, then there's nothing, nothing is wrong, so you can just save your aneurysms for another day. Yeah, fine. I think you're onto something there. We'll just, we'll just say that then. Perfect. Okay, brilliant. <laughs> but there you go. So that's my little bit on grammar police and bad phrases. So... Again, not an attack to anybody that may do these, uh, I'll call them faux pas. Just don't ever text Jordan. Because <laughs> you might kill him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my blood pressure was certainly rising there. <laughs> I can feel it in my head. I do have to just point out as well that whenever we do a write-up oh, yeah. for the episodes that go out on Mondays, I always send it to Jordan to read over, and I call it a grammar hammer. Yeah. So, like, hey, Jordan, just done the write-up for next week's episode. Mind giving a little grammar hammer? Because <laughs> if, it, if it dares go up with a full stop in the wrong f***ing place, I won't see the light of day tomorrow. <laughs> he will be at my front door, smashing it down come Monday morning, 12.02. Who f- 
you done the right up, you dickhead, or you send it to me. <laughs> or a knife or something, a baseball bat or something. See, the thing is as well, I don't go into it as much as I would say if I was writing an article. Oh, right. So it's very loosely grammar hammered. Right. It's not fine dining of the podcast world. It's a, it's a laugh. We're, we're here to have a little bit of a joke. Exactly. <laughs> I, you know, I just want it to be legible. <laughs> That's fair enough, yeah. And I, li- I like the implication there that saying my initial writing is completely illegible, so thank no, you for that. I completely am jesting there. Hey, whatever. <laughs> no, you do a fine job. Thank you. And very often I say, I've only tweaked this tiny bit, the rest was perfect. Yeah, I only uh, highlighted it all, hit one button, which was delete, and rewrote it. <laughs> anyway, mule rambadoodle. Beautiful. Does that about bring us round to the end of today's episode? I think it does. And can I just say as well, Ian? Go right ahead. I think you'll use all the wrong grammar options for the title of this episode on purpose. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Can you see my evil smile from where you are or something? <laughs> it's, well, you know, I've just got, I've got contacts, shall we say. <laughs> you know what? I wasn't actually thinking about doing that, but now I am. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? For this, how about for this episode, I'm not going to tweak anything. Just stick it up. Okay, yeah, perfect. Don't let me know until I see it. <laughs> <laughs> I like your little uh, coy plan of just doing as little work as possible. <laughs> Oh, no, yeah, that's, that's all good. Fantastic. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for tuning in to today's episode of Two Guys What's Up. Don't forget to follow the show wherever you listen to us so you don't miss another episode and maybe even tell a friend. Email your friend in all the glamorous grammar knowledge that you have and just explain to them that if you ever see Jordan, you can punch him because he hates writing and stuff. <laughs> that's not true. Don't, <laughs> don't punch Jordan. <laughs> Leave my friend out of this. It's not his fault. Oh, I appreciate that. But then after that, obviously, go home. Show all your friends, two guys, what sucks. I'm sure they will love it. So if you would like to get in touch with us, our link tree link is in the bio of this episode, which you can click on and be jetted off to every link you will ever need for all your two guys, what's up essentials. Want to get your own two guys, what's up t-shirt? Click that link. Want to get your own two guys, what's up pin badge, complete with secret sticker? Ooh, secrets. Click the link want to get that two guys what's up dictionary <laughs> click that link and don't forget we now have patreon where you can find all of your two guys what's up extras including said pin badges shout outs said t-shirts and if you really can't get enough of our fantastic tales and gorgeous voices well now you can get more episodes because we now release bonus episodes which come out on the last Friday of every month there is currently seven sitting up there waiting for you to just go and have a little audio roll around in and all of that is available right now starting with the bonus episodes for just £3 a month. So if you want to help support the show and get some cool stuff while you do it, head over to patreon.com forward slash two guys what's up to check out all the goodies over there. The link will be down below for your clicking pleasure. But if you can't do that, but you still like to help us out, then a five-star rating and review in your podcast app of choice would be the best way to do that for us and we would be eternally grateful. We would indeed. But on that note, thanks for listening, guys. You all have an amazing week. And we will see you next Monday. Bye. (laughs) He looked around to see that that ominous blue glow had now completely surrounded his house. He thought, Is that what he thought? No, I got a message. (laughs) There it is.